You're listening to the Morning Joe Ranch Show. I dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. So the inauguration was last yesterday, whatever you want to call it. Um, the hopium was drank. The brunch shall begin. Um, you know, when we run this country by executive orders, and listen, I am not saying that we that Biden didn't need to come in and redo some of those executive orders, especially the environmental ones. What Trump did was completely outrageous with those. Um but this is, again, this is the pendulum swing. It just constantly goes back and forth. There's hopium, you know, that just goes throughout. And this is not to say I don't want death and destruction. This isn't what I'm saying. This system is so flawed and fucked up. And it's just showing, you know, and and I cannot stand hearing the the left with their liberal elites of celebrities which is so annoying because it's like these people are no better than you and i you know just because they have money from doing acting or doing music does not mean they are you know it just and listen i love the foo fighters they're one of my favorite bands i've seen them live like four or five times and it's fine that they chose to do the inauguration i don't really give a shit but to me personally it's like again I, go whichever I mean if you really believe it but these people have shit tons of money so for them it's not about helping the poor I don't believe Biden's gonna help the middle class and the poor he's a corporatist that's just me so I don't choose to drink the hopium and I get it orange man bad we need him out of office that can't be the only thing that's you know and it's just like I just hope who people hold this guy accountable I'm just hoping him reversing the environmental thing, yeah, that's a good start. He better fucking fix overall changes. I mean, I'm going to get into it too because I'm going to get into a Bill Gates article here in just a minute. So just, just, to, just to rub my own personal you know, shit all over this because it's just the same crap over and over again. And people smoking the bullshit of both these political parties is just stupid. And again... I don't give a shit if you voted for him or not. I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is this is bullshit. His cabinet members, yeah, maybe some of them, but all he did was put everybody back in that the reason we had Trump put in in the first place. Like, people still don't get it. Like, why Trump got in was because of what Biden's doing right now. So, four more years of Kool Aid on the left to drink. Just to, to re-fucking go back to the right of the cool, uh, with the Kool-Aid. And both sides don't just see that they're fucking drinking Kool-Aid. It's so annoying. Anyway, first thing I really want to get into is uh, the fairness doctrine. So for those of you um, that don't know, the fairness doctrine was put into place in 1949. And it was basically to give... It, uh, I'm going to read the, the kind of the definition uh, policy that required the holders of broadcast licenses on uh, to both present controversial issues of public importance and do the same 
in a manner that was honest, equitable, and balanced. The FCC eliminated the policy in 1987, removed the rule that implemented the policy from the Federal Registry in August 2011 under Obama, um, which technically, I, I mean, it, it got removed in 1987 officially, so it's not really Obama's fault, but it did happen under him. So the fairness doctrine was basically a sum up of it is like it allowed it wanted equal equal talking points for political issues and policy issues. And they eradicated it in 1987, which was a terrible thing, which is why now we have echo chambers on both sides and CNN, MSNBC, CNBC. Fox News, the OAN network, um, Newsmax. It's why we have these echo chambers that keep, you know, there's not an equal amount. And even NPR, like I really like NPR for certain things, certain things I don't. Um, I think some of their shows are actually really on point with a lot of stuff. And I get it. Some people think, oh, it's a liberal agenda. I think there's a difference between being a humanitarian and being a liberal because I know a lot of liberals and some of them are not humanitarians. Um, sometimes they love animals more than they love humans, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. I don't, I mean, I love animals just as much as humans. I think that they all deserve a right on this planet. Anyway, this fairness doctrine, I'm bringing it up because it's a valid point of what's happening right now. Um, when it comes to silencing Trump and, you know, the left again has no idea sometimes when it's like, They've gone complete fucking overboard. And it's like, I get that you don't want hate spewed. Well, guess what? People hate other people. Not a majority of people, a small minority group. And when you prevent, um, and this is where it should go back to the fairness doctrine, when you don't allow the other side to talk on both sides and you just silence them, it's a dangerous fucking echo chamber. You don't... I don't want all right policies just like I don't want all left policies. There's a dangerous thing. The left plays identity politics, which we see with the vice presidential pick. I would love to have a woman president, all, but I would love to have somebody who's fucking capable as a president. Not Biden, not Trump, not too elderly. You know, if Tulsi Gabbard really ran for president and really got the election, I would be actually pretty happy with it. I don't agree with everything she says, but I think she's got some valid fucking shit, you know, and she tries to work across the board and help, you know, the poor, the middle class, the wealthy maintain this, you know, lifestyle choice. I don't necessarily agree with everything she has on environmental policies. I think that's where that's where a lot of them don't go because the system overall needs to be completely gutted and overhauled. Anyway. The reason I bring up the fairness doctrine, though, is for this, the silencing of individuals. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. And, you know, I might have said in the last podcast that, like, like the right complains and want, you know, it's like, yeah, you have a right to build an AWS type system like Amazon fucking took over with owning 70 percent of the um, web, you know, web web hosting websites and shit like that. Like AWS is how Amazon makes their money. Um well, nobody on the nobody's stopping anybody on the right from creating that. You know, this is where though it's dangerous the system we live in that big corporations like Google, Facebook, uh, Amazon, Twitter have this much pull, and you know, 
you know, I look at the right and I'm like, you don't want government regulations, but then look what happens. So there's this fine line of what's good policy and regulations from the government and still having a small government. Um, I think environmental protections are extremely important, extremely important. And we're going to start seeing that here now within the next few years as our climate starts to change more drastically. I'm going to get into that in just a minute. And with this fairness doctrine, this is where it's getting scary. On an AP article, I'll include this in my um, show notes. Extremists exploit a loophole in social moderation podcasts. I'm just going to read a small snippet of this. Major social platforms have been cracking down on the spread of misinformation and conspiracy theories in the lead up to the presidential election and expanded their efforts in the wake of January 6th Capitol riot. But Apple and Google, among others, have left open a major loophole for the material, for this material, podcasts. Podcasts made available by the two big tech companies let the tune into, let you tune into the world of the QAnon conspiracy theory wallow in President Donald Trump's false claims of a stolen election and bask in other extremisms. First off, let me just say something. I've constantly said this. QAnon is a crazy fucked up situation, but QAnon did have some valid points to it. You know, there was a really good tweet the other day. I wish I would have kept it. Um, I, th- I think it was from uh, so- Sagar from uh, The Rising on YouTube. I don't, I don't know if it was him or not, but he's like, somebody pointed out that QAnon's not wrong about there being a pedophile ring. It's just it's not a right-wing conspiracy. It's, it includes the left as well, you know, it or I'm sorry, it includes the right as well, not just the left. I'm sorry, I meant the left-wing conspiracy, uh, left-wing conspiracy. Like, it's across the board that Epstein, like, there's reasons the Epstein thing was real. So the fact that big tech companies are, like, now they're talking about potentially going after podcasts. Now, if they go after podcasts and they take down my show, I mean, I'm a peon compared to most of these people that are, like, these people have hundreds of thousands of followers. I don't have anything like that. And um, for those of you that don't know, like podcasting, not setting it up and everything, but getting followers and getting like, it is extremely difficult to do. It's not that easy. Um, so like if they deplatform you as a podcaster, it's like, you, like that's just, it's impossible to get out. Apple owns about I don't mean owns like they, but they like, they, they basically have like ownership of 70% of the podcast world. Cause that's where most people go for their podcasts, like to listen to them is Apple, Apple podcasts. And now they're starting to charge for, I believe they're starting up a fee, a fee based one. Anyway, I'm not trying to get off topic, but if this is a dangerous thing again, like what are they to justify what's misinformation and what's not? Just because you agree with it, I'm talking to the left right now, doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> and like the Biden stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, he reversed, you know, the environmental protections. He needs to add more environmental protections, like in my opinion, and maybe this is extreme liberal point of view, but the environment's the most fucking crucial thing we all survive in. Like, I think this is where people don't understand. Like, you know, it's the isms that that ideology of the isms, capitalism, socialism, uh, communism, like these are all just definitions. You know, it's so stupid because then they then they pin you into those certain things. Anyway, 
I think this is a dangerous, dangerous slope we are treading into, and the left has no idea, because as soon as it comes for your asses and they start silencing your liberal elitists and your fucked up, you know, people that you worship, just wait. You're going to have a bitch fit just like the right did. So I will include this article. It's pretty fucked up because they probably will start going after podcasts now. And um, YouTube, I'm sure they're going to start going through. And there's some very valid people. Um, the, the one thing that called out the most was, I don't have the video right now on me, but CNN had a, an, um, an old Facebook executive on. And oh my God, it was disturbing. The guy was just like, like basically saying that they need to shut YouTube down because of CNN should CNN's losing viewership in their in their um, middle of the day viewers to YouTubers, and it's like, well, maybe you should fucking think CNN should have to uh, abide by the same things as producing, you know, correct content and not this crying. Oh my God, Joe Joe Biden inaugural. It's like Jesus Christ. So anyway. I'm just getting off on a tangent here, but I think this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And the Fairness Doctrine kind of was the lead up to this and they got rid of it. And now we're seeing, you know, five media companies, uh, you know, Disney being one of them, overhang everything. It's extremely scary. It's extremely scary. And this isn't a right versus left thing. This is an elitist, you know, again, they dumb down the population to believe that it's right versus left. Meanwhile, they're all getting richer and you're getting fucking poorer. So I'm going to move on from this one. And the next thing is the stock market crash. So there was, um, I forget his name, uh, George George Gammon, I think. I don't remember his name. He's, a, he's the rebel capitalist on YouTube. He's actually really, really smart when it comes to financial stuff. Um, I would highly recommend listening to some of the stuff. He made a video the other day about um, the stock market crash, and uh, the current one that's going to happen. And he basically said how there's a few things that are going to lead up to this. Now, um, he, he, the Mrs. Institute, um, he brought up some stuff in here, and I'm just going to read a little bit of snippets. And this is from, um, what's his name? Murray Rothbard. Now, Murray Rothbard was a anarcho-capitalist. And while I don't agree with that at all, um, he was a really left-winning Australian uh, Austrian economist who um, he basically was from the uh, anarcho-capitalism and a staunch advocate of historical uh, revisionism and a central figure in the 20th century American libertarian movement um and it's i don't i don't know um it's it's interesting but he said some stuff that i think is very very important so there's there's two theories here it's the crack up boom which is what happened in venezuela and then there's just the stock market crash there's two different outcomes that happen to this so the so the the crack boom the 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 crack up boom is confusing, but it's I'm going to kind of sum it up and I'll read a little bit of what he says, too. So the crack up boom is basically like the stock market skyrockets up and it's like this makes no sense, but which is great for investors. But what people don't realize is what happens to your buying power of your of your fiat currency. So the dollar. So we're seeing this stock market skyrocket right now. 
Well, your your dollar is not buying any like its buying power is weakening as the days go on that the stock market keeps booming. As this does this, if you watch in Venezuela what happened in Venezuela, this is exactly what happened in Venezuela, which is scary because it's hyperinflation. If it goes the other way and the stock market crashes, September, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1929, we all know what happened. You know, your dollar is you know, devalued. So those are the two outcomes for this. Um, this is what, though, he kind of says in his words. I'm going to read some of this. I think it's extremely important. Uh, he wrote an, a famous essay called The Case for 100% Gold Dollar, and he wrote the following. I am not saying that fiat money once established on the ruins of gold cannot then continue indefinitely on its own. Unfortunately, if fiat money could not continue indefinitely, I would not have to come here to plead for its uh, ab abolish, uh, abolition. Rothbard saw the danger that the government-controlled fiat money could be held up and running indefinitely, that it would not necessarily drive itself into a fatal and final collapse. As long as people do not expect that a money supply increase will spin out of control, the central bank is a position to, to debase the currency without completely destroying it. In other words, hyperinflation would be possible without destroying the money completely. The crack-up boom, as Mises pointed out, would unfold only when people came to the conclusion that the central bank will expand the money supply at ever greater rates, which is happening right now. And then he, was, he wrote to say this. But then finally the masses wake up. They become suddenly aware of the fact that inflation is a deliberate policy and will go on endlessly a breakdown occurs the crack up boom appears everybody is anxious to swap his money against real goods no matter whether he needs them or not no matter how much money he has to pay for them within a very short time within a few weeks or even days the things which were used as money are no longer used as media of exchange they become scrap paper nobody wants to give away anything against them that is what happened in venezuela that is the crack-up boom. Janet Yellen is a horrible fucking pick. She is a horrible pick. Not because she's a woman. Her policies are just the same thing. Kicking a fucking can down the road. Something I've said on this for a long time. When I hear people say his Biden's cabinet picks aren't that bad. Yes, they are. They are more of the same shit kicking a can. Again, I don't care who you fucking voted for, but call a fucking spade a spade. This is the shit that everybody's talking about. It's fucked up. So I can include this in my show notes if you people want to read it. Um, this was an article by, uh, I think it's called the, the Mrs. Institute. It's I-M-S-E-S. -E I could be saying that wrong. Or Maya's Institute, maybe. I don't know. I don't know when this article was written. Oh, uh, December 14th, 2019. So a year ago, a, a little over a year ago. And I'm going to get into my last thing. Bill Gates spray. Let me read this headline. This is from Forbes and I'll include this. A Bill Gates venture aims to spray dust into the atmosphere to block the sun. What could go wrong? Correct. What could go wrong? I'm going to read a little bit of this and I'm going to give my fucking opinion because that's what I do. Microsoft's billionaire founder Bill Gates is financially backing the development of sun dimming technology that would potentially reflect sunlight out of Earth's atmosphere, triggering a global cooling effect. The stratospheric controlled petribution experiment. I think that's what it's. Pertri pertrib 
Incubation, I don't know what the hell that means, launched by Harvard University scientists, aims to examine the solution of by spraying non-toxic calcium carbonate dust into the atmosphere, a sun-reflecting aerosol that may offset the effects of global warming. Let me repeat that, may offset. Widespread research into the efficiency of solar geoengineering and had been has been stalled for years due to controversy. Let me get, this is an opinion piece, so let me see something. Um, David Keith, a professor of applied physics and public policy at Harvard University, recognizes the very many real concerns of geoengineering. Really? Are you sure about that, professor? It is true that no one knows what will happen until the CaCO3 is released and then studied afterwards. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep reading this for a few. Then I'm going to say my piece. Keith and fellows, uh, I don't know what the hell, scientists published a paper in 2017 suggesting that the dust may actually replenish the ozone layer by reacting with ozone-destroying molecules. Further research on this and similar methods could lead to reductions in risks and improved efficiency of solar geoengineering methods. Okay, so <laughs> I really want to read more of this, but I don't want to bore more people. I'll include this in the thing. Um I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in science. With that, we know how viruses work. We know people who've studied viruses for a long period of time. Now, I am not saying doing this would wreak havoc. But I don't think we should just go fucking spraying shit into the atmosphere without any, like, testing done. On a small scale, like how about we do this in a tested lab, see what happens over the course of a year or two, and how bad this could be. Like, why can't we do that and then study it and maybe expand it a little bit? Like, this is where science for me is important. It's it's testing it. And I, listen, as a as an annihilist in some type of way where it's like we're all going to hell in a handbasket anyway because nobody wants to stop stuff. All right, I got to read what I wrote because I wrote a thing on this. All right, I get Bill Gates trying to help, but for real, we find a fast fix we aren't going to change. We just want more capitalism, right? Isn't that all what we want is more consumption, more consuming? We don't want to give up our cushy lives, you know, because we were bred to believe that capitalism is the best thing in the world. We know what works. Reducing our consumption and making things like cars, tractors, etc. last 50 to 100 years. But that's not what the elitists want us to have. We're gambling with the entire planet. This system, I imagine, will be left with the same economic and political problems that befell the pandemic preparations along with many other failures of our Western society, living like there's no tomorrow. We're tried, we're tired very, we tried very little in terms of restructuring our ways of life, and we're already grasping at straws, which might turn out to be grenade pins. Yes, correct. This is what we're doing. Nothing against Bill Gates, but a liberal elitist who has billions of dollars, that does a lot of good stuff, but does a lot of shitty stuff too. I don't have to mention in Africa that some of the vaccine vaccination stuff he did isn't good. You know, testing it on those people isn't very good. It's not very humanitarian. Listen, I'm all for fixing the fucking climate. I wish we could. 
and I wish we could do it quickly. But this hopium of and and why are we putting it into billionaires' hands to like again, this is not the way to fix it. He should be saying we're stopping all production of making computers because that's a huge fucking problem. Why don't you look in the landfills of shit like this? Bill Gates can make way better computers that last us. I'm sure he can make us computers that last 30 something years. You know, I'm sure he can make computers where we could interchange things so much more easily. He's a billionaire. The problem is consumerism. I'm not an anti-capitalist. I'm not anti-free market. We have a problem, and it's consumption. And it's consumption because of corporations breeding us. It's politicians telling us. It's hopium. We all need to scale back massively. Massively. And we need things to last longer. But it's not going to change. And this pumping shit in the air, like... And just hoping for the best. Yeah, just, you know, one guy, you know, again, Elon Musk, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, fucking Satan himself. We put our faith in these assholes. They might be smart individuals or they just care more about money. You know, I don't know. I don't want to make this podcast very long. And again, nothing against anybody. Whatever you want to believe in, you believe in. This is just my opinion. But I hope you all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future, ConnectGo.com.